I invite you to rise as you're able.
We gather in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, that we delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Lord, have mercy on me. Hear my humble plea. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy. ready to hear our cries. Teach us to rely day and night on your care. Inspire us to seek your enduring justice for all the suffering world. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. I invite you to be seated and for our kids to come forward at this time. Help for. 
Any ideas? When you're hurt, yeah? If your family's having a hard time, yeah? Someone else is hurt, you don't know what to do, yeah? Yeah. When, absolutely. When you're sad at someone you really love died, you just ask God for help. But sometimes you just say, help me, God, help me, help me. Okay, so let's, did you have one? Yes? If you're bleeding, you might ask for help. <laughs> or if you have a math test and you're struggling, you might ask for help. So let's pray this prayer together. Two, three, help. Okay, here's another prayer that I'd like you to learn today. What's that say? Thanks. All right, well, what could we say thank you to God for? Earth. Water. Family. Food. Help. Forgiving us for creating us. Okay, let's, let's pray this prayer together. Ready? One, two, three, thanks. All right, here's the other prayer that, that she says there is. Wow. What could we say wow about? That there's an earth and God created it. Wow. That, yeah, that we're just, the ocean is so vast and huge, you might just say wow. Anything else? Yeah, yeah. The earth? Yeah. How about that God loves you so much when you're surprised at how much God loves you and forgives you? So let's pray that prayer. Are you ready? One, two, three. Wow! And to that we say, Amen. Thank you for coming. And if you are going to Kids Word, we've got Marilyn back there. She's taking you, Mrs. Hawks, today. A reading from Genesis. The same night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two maids, and his 11 children and crossed the ford of the Jabbok. He took them and sent them across the stream, and likewise everything that he had. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he struck him on the hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, let me go, for the day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go, unless you bless me. So he said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. Then the man said, You shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have striven with God and with humans and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he said, Why is that that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel and saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life is preserved. The sun rose upon him as he passed the mule, limping because of his hip. The word of the Lord. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Like a tree planted by the water. I shall not be
according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who never feared God, nor had respect for people. In that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused, but later he said to himself, though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says and will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. Today I'm in a spend most of the time talking about Jacob, who's one of the main people in the Old Testament. But let me tell you, the guy was a mess. I'm wondering if anyone can relate. Here's what was going on in his life. Jacob is Abraham and Sarah's grandson, and he even wrestled in the womb. He had a twin brother named Esau, and Rebecca used to wish she would die. It was so painful having those two wrestling in her womb. When they were born, Esau came out first, and he was red and hairy when he came out, but he was first, which was important, but Jacob was right behind him, and he came out grabbing onto Esau's heel. That's how he got his name. Jacob means heel grabber or supplanter, as in he was trying even from his birth to supplant his brother's birthright. His name can also mean trickster, and he was a total trickster. Fast forward to dad Isaac being blind and very old and on his deathbed wanting to give his favorite son Esau his blessing. So Esau headed out to shoot something in the field and then make stew. And meanwhile, mom Rebecca had overheard what was about to happen. So she made some stew and then had Jacob dress up in animal furs and go into his bed. Isaac said, your voice sounds like Jacob. But when the trickster held out his furry arm, Isaac said, but you feel like Esau. So he blessed him. Jacob stole his brother's blessing. And when Esau came in and found out, he was devastated and vowed to kill him. Well, that sent Jacob on the run to his uncle Laban, where he first set eyes on the love of his life, Rachel. Well, Laban made him work for seven years to earn her hand in marriage, only in their bridal chamber to lift her veil and find himself actually married to her older and uglier sister, Leah. <laughs> the trickster got tricked, but he worked another seven years to marry Rachel, too. As we get to today's wrestling match, it's been about 20 years since Jacob had seen Esau. And now he's running away from his father-in-law, too. Guess why? Tricked him. Laban had said when he left to go back to his homeland that he was going to give Jacob some of his livestock. So Jacob used this elaborate scheme to trick him into giving him only his very best and most active breeders of the flock. Jacob had fleeced him, and now he's on the run. So he's a mess. 
He's running from Laban, and now he's going to have to face his brother Esau, and he's reached the river that's the boundary between their two lands, the Jabbok. Something needs to happen. Bible scholar Beth Moore says God is about to mess with Jacob's mess. Now the writers of the Bible have fun with this. Just before today's reading, there's this amazing narrative art in the Hebrew. After leaving Laban, Jacob comes to the land of Seir in the country of Edom. Now the word Seir is very close to the word Sire, which means hairy. Do you remember how Esau got his name? It means hairy. And the word for Edom is the same word that was used when Esau was described as a man of the field. So Jacob, knowing it's time to face his brother, comes to the land of Harry in the country of the man of the field. It's everywhere. Jacob, you might be able to run, but you can't hide. It's not accidental, this stuff. Jacob is reminded at every corner of what he needs to face and of what he did. God is going to make Jacob be honest about who he is. I wonder if that's ever happened to any of us. The times when you feel like you can't keep pretending anymore? Because it's not hard to be a fraud. Our country, I think, even likes frauds. We can put whatever image we want out there, and no one will know how things are really going in our lives. They see beautiful pictures on your feed, and yet your family's falling apart. Your marriage is in shambles. You're suffering from depression. But you don't say anything. You put on your happy face. But does God want this for us, do you think? And I wonder if we keep being frauds, if we don't and can't be who God made us to be. Because something's got to give. Now Jacob, it says, was very distressed. And that word means to bind up or tie up. It's that sense of you just wanting to curl up in a ball and lay down on in other places, though, in the Bible, that word can have the sense of being wrapped up in God's heart. And there is irony here because the more tightly we're wrapped in God's love, the looser we start to feel around other people. Well, Jacob, all tied up in knots, starts to pray. After coming to the land of the hairy, he actually has one of his better moments. He tells God he's not worthy, but please deliver me from the hand of my brother. But I wonder, more notes, that Jacob doesn't really trust God after praying that prayer. Instead, he starts thinking of all the ways he's going to work his brother so he can get what he wants. And don't we do that too? Go around grabbing someone's heel, trying to use them to get ahead, or make ourselves feel better. Or asking our first question of always, well, what's in this for me? Well, Jacob had prayed this prayer, bared his soul to God, and then he starts thinking about how he's going to work this situation with Esau to his advantage. He divides the wives and the animals and the children and the servants into two camps and makes a plan of how he'll send in 200 goats, 200 ewes, the camels, and on and on, and carefully have space between each so maybe Esau will be appeased. Really, he's just still grabbing at his heel. He doesn't really want to face him. 
Jacob says right before our reading for today, after I appease him with all these presents, perhaps I'll see his face and he'll accept me. He's trying to work up, giving him stuff. He thinks it's all up to him. There's more fun in the Hebrew here because five versions of the word face are used in just these short verses. Remember how tied up in knots Jacob is? Well, he is about to face something. But that balled up word can also mean being held tightly by God, remember. And God seems to be saying to Jacob, if you face Esau by facing me first, I will take you right through this. Which brings us to the big wrestling match. Jacob wrestling at the Jabbok. The words in Hebrew are so similar. Jacob is Yaakov, wrestles is Avok, Jabbok is Yabok. So it's Yaakov avoking at the Yabok. It's almost like Jacob was born for this place. This mess of a man has been wrestling since he was in the womb. And now this is it. God isn't going to let Jacob get away with going straight to Esau. Jacob sends everyone else ahead and it's night. He's caught between a rock and a hard place. Laban's land on one side, about to meet his brother Esau, who last time he saw him wanted to kill him on the other. But you know, that's always where God meets us, between our rocks and our hard places. <clears throat> and there, where Jacob is all alone and it's the middle of the night, a man comes and they start to wrestle Avok. That word Avok is only used here in the Old Testament. And you know what it means? It means to get dusty. There's dust flying everywhere in this wrestling match. And we're reminded of another time God got into the dust with humans in Genesis chapter 2. The Lord formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. Do you suppose Jacob is being recreated here? I love how we start dusty and God's so willing always to come down into the dust with us when we need God to again. When God created us and said it wasn't good for us to be alone, he didn't just say, oh, just get along with each other because he knows how hard it is. What God wants us is to know that when we wrestle with each other, we're wrestling with God. The Hebrew word for wrestle has the word El in it. El so amazing that from the beginning, the promise is God is with us in our mess. He doesn't ever leave us alone. He calls us to wrestle with him, and I think that's what prayer is. Talk to me about it. Yell at me. Give it to me. I want to help you through this. Let me mess with your mess. Think about that widow pounding on the door of the judge's house in the wee hours of the morning. Jesus says, this is a story for you about your need to pray always and not lose heart. It's a wrestling story too, I think. In fact, when the judge relents and give her, gives her what she wants, the reason he gives in, it literally says, is so she won't give me a black eye by continually coming. Most commentators think Jesus was being funny. 
maybe using an idiom, and the judge didn't want to look bad for not looking out for a widow. But I wonder if it's a wrestling word. Now that story of Jacob wrestling is pretty ambiguous. A man wrestles with him, and it says when daybreak comes, the man sees that he did not prevail against Jacob. And that's another really good word. Have you ever wrestled with one of your kids when they were little? and they just will not give up, and they would keep wrestling all night if you would let them. And finally, you just say, okay, you win, and let them go. That's exactly what this word means. I will not let you go until you bless me, Jacob says. Jacob's been seeking after blessing his whole life, stealing it from his brother, looking everywhere for it taking what is not rightly his, and here he asks for it again. But before he can get it, the man asks him his name, Jacob, he says, and there come all the things that go with being Jacob. I'm a heel grabber, I'm a trickster, I'm a supplanter, you name it, Jacob's done it, totally living up to his name. But then God recreates him from the dust. Now, Jacob, you will be called Israel, because you have wrestled with God and with humans, and you have prevailed. Israel, you have struggled with God, and you have hung in there. Jacob's been in a wrestling match for 20 years and finally fights the best fight he's ever fought. Jacob, the father of 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel, the father of a whole nation of people who have struggled with God and hung in there throughout time. The widow was part of that long line. Jacob, who will now live forever with a bad hip, who's been hiding behind his mom, his wives, whoever he could find now limping, Jacob will face his brother. Because he faced God, now he can face so if we were watching this in a movie, you'd get out the Kleenex here. Because Jacob looks up and there's Esau. He goes limping forward, bad hip and all, bowing all the way down to the ground seven times. But Esau runs up and embraces Jacob. The word for embrace is habak. The word for wrestle, avak. <laughs> all the family comes forward to meet Esau. He looks at them and says, what is this? And it's such a tender and emotional word. It's like if you see a friend and she's got a little two-year-old hiding behind your legs and you bend down and say, who is this? Esau says, what is this blessing? Only God could have made a scene like this. The last time these two brothers saw each other there was so much hate. Jacob was preparing for war, but God gave him peace. All through his preparations to meet his brother, when he's lining up the animals, the word is the word used for presence, like wrapping something in a bowl. But right here, when he sees Esau, the word changes to blessing. Now remember, that word blessing had been a bad word between these brothers. But Jacob says to Esau, here, if I found favor with you, then accept my blessing from my hand. 
Instead of grabbing at his heel, Jacob finally holds out his hand, and what does he give him? The blessing back. Jacob finally got what it means to be blessed. When you're blessed, you can't help but give it away. Here, Esau, take it. I've wrestled with God and hung in there. I don't need to keep clinging to this blessing. Take it, Esau. I don't know about you, but that gives me the chills. Now, if you read the rest of Jacob's story, he does keep on being Jacob. He's never not a mess. But you know, that kind of gives me the chills too. Because God uses us heel grabbers and tricksters all and blesses us so that we can be a blessing in God's world. I think both of these stories, the widow and Jacob, are stories about prayer. Prayer which so often feels like wrestling with God. How many of us have woken at the middle of the night drenched in worry and all we can do is get down on our knees and beg? But when you pray, you learn that God is with you down in the mess of life no matter what. And I find that the more I pray, it starts to be less about the result. It becomes more about being with God and trusting because however your prayers are answered, or if it seems like they're not, God is with you, recreating you so you can let go of your worry, your blessings, your results, and just trust God. I remember reading years ago a parenting book that said, you know the reason it's so good to wrestle with your kids when they're little? It's one of the big ways they learn to trust you. Wolf packs wrestle with their cubs. So the little ones learn <coughs> to trust their leader. Seems to be built into us. Well, widows, Jacobs, all of us, these are our stories. This is your story. Keep on struggling with God and hang in there. As Jesus says, don't lose heart. Keep praying. And know that no matter what you bring to this place or your prayers, God's favorite thing is to mess with our mess and make us something new. Blessed so that we can be a blessing.
Together with the whole church, let us confess our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Before the prayers of the people today, I just wanted to announce, because it will be in the prayers, there was a fairly untimely death of one of our members, uh, Christine Chason, had a sudden heart attack on Thursday morning. Um, and uh, her funeral, we think, is probably going to be um, Thursday around 5.30. So I just wanted to let you know before we add her to the prayers today. So let us pray for her, for her family, for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, for all people everywhere according to their needs. God, our Father, we come to you in prayer this day, giving thanks for your mercy, for both your love for us and your love for all people. Let this moment of prayer be a starting point for a week filled with prayers for justice and reconciliation in our world, in our community, in our workplaces and schools, and in our families. Lord, in your mercy. Lord Jesus, we are too often overwhelmed by the troubles of our world, natural disasters, refugee crises, war and terror. Give us insight to see your will and strength to act where we are able, praying always that your will for life and peace be done. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Spirit of God, connect us more deeply to one another as we worship and serve and work together. Help us in our call to reveal you to those around us and around the world. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayers. Loving God, we do pray for many who are mourning the death of loved ones. We lift up before you Dee Cotter, mourning the death of her father Tom, and for Bruce Pringle, mourning, and his family, mourning the death of his son. We also lift to you Paul, Josh, Andrew, and the Chasen family as they mourn the death of Christine. God, we also lift up to you many who are recovering for Peggy Grigg, and for Terry Randolph, and for Mary Huff, and also for George Gillies. We lift up to you as well those who are um, we lift up to you, Meg, Jewel Linder's daughter, as she is experiencing progressive blindness and Alzheimer's. We pray for those who are struggling with cancer, for Priscilla, Elizabeth, Angela, Gary, Dave, Jim, Ron, Kathy, and Carol. And those who are deployed and their families here at home, remembering Jillian, Bradley, Aaron, Rebecca, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David. We also continue to pray for many in our midst, and we pray to you, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. For whom else and what else do the people of God pray this day? Lord, in your mercy, into your hands we commend all for whom we pray, all things for which we pray, trusting in the mercy and love that you have shown through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. 
Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you all. And also. Please share that peace with one another. As you're sharing peace with one another, I invite you to pass the friendship books along the way to note your presence here with us in worship. If you are a guest of ours today, that's a great place to note an email address or physical address so that we can send you a letter of thanks or a note of thanks for being with us this day. All right. Sorry, I started too early. <laughs> it's one of my favorite times of worship. I do want to lift up a couple of things. Of course, you do have uh, the Beacon, and I, we really encourage you to look through that and connect with uh, ministries. You can do that through the, the um, ministry card here, as well as prayers and other ways, just to kind of get your feet on the ground and moving. Um, I want to note that um, there, is, there are a couple of things that I, that I just want to lift up. Next Saturday, Trunk or Treat, we've gotten a bunch of candy, we've got a bunch of trunks lined up. That's really become an awesome event. So next uh, Saturday, just come and enjoy it. And then on Sunday, it'll be Reformation Sunday. It is also uh, Confirmation Sunday. So um, many of our youth, uh, 10th and 11th graders, mostly will be affirming their faith uh, at the second service, although we may have some faith statements going in the first service as well. We're going to find that out very soon. So please. Uh, Sherry just let me know she works at the volunteers at the food bank. And for a couple months, they've been out of flour and all kinds of sugar, powdered, granulated brown oh. sugar. Um, with the holidays coming up, any of those things, uh, our food bank Sunday is in two weeks, but you can bring any time donations um, to put in the fellowship hall. So any of those things you can pick up at the store would be much appreciated. Yeah, thanks, thanks for that. Thanks for your work there. We continue with our offering.
Let us pray. God of mercy and grace, we offer joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right. It is our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your love as we pray to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You have come to the table seeking Christ, and he is here. I invite you to be seated and come forward as you're invited.
Let us pray, excuse me. Lord God, as we've received this meal, we also pray for Hilma Bridges and for Kay Kirsten, who will bring it to her so that Hilma may know her connection to you and to this congregation in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to rise as you're able. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. I want to note that the prayer team will be available after the service up at the altar rail for your thanks, your helps, and your wows. Serve the Lord. <laughs>